0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to know where did you go to college? All right, so put it in the chat. Where did you go to college? If you're in the room, just just shout it out. You paid enough unm MLA. You paid a lot of money for it, so get it out now. Where, where did you go? Where did you go? Missouri. Missouri? Who said Missouri? Oh, okay, okay, yes, yes, Missouri. I'm with Columbia College. What did you say over here? Idaho, Idaho. all right. Any, anyone else? You want to get it out? Eastern New Mexico, all right. I'm, I'm waiting for them to come across online on where you went to college. Some of you, you're confused. You're like, are you talking about undergrad? Are you talking about my master's? Are you talking about the Ph.D., Mike? Which Ph.D. are you talking about? This university, like, Put them all in the chat. You paid thousands of bucks. You got loans galore. I mean, you might as well get, get something in there, celebrate it, where you're, where you're from, where you're at. I went to um, Columbia College. Okay, so I see Grand Canyon University, UNM, CNM. Northern New Mexico, all right. I see Michigan, Southwest, Texas State University, Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, uh, New Mexico State. All right, so they're, they're, they're joining in here. I went to Columbia College, which is in Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri is right in the middle of Missouri, if you don't know Missouri geography. And you know it because it's the Missouri Tigers. That's like the big university of the, of the state. But then there's this small private college called Columbia College. I remember in high school when... Um, I was trying to find different colleges that I wanted to go to. Um, I went and toured three different places. And Columbia College was not my my top choice, but I wanted to go check it out. I thought there was going to be two others. I went to two others, and it just wasn't really, it was okay. Um, Columbia College, when I went there, oh, man, it was pristine. It was amazing the way they just welcomed us. And I got to talk with some of the teachers and professors. I'm like, this place is awesome. Except for my parents, they're like, yeah, it's awesome. But it's also like three to four times the price of any of the others that we're going to. Like, we, great college, but yeah, you ain't going, ain't going there. Well, it just so happened that Columbia College has uh, scholarship days in which you can kind of do some interviews and applications and different things like that um, to maybe win a scholarship. I qualified to at least apply for the scholarship, went and did the, the, the interviews, applied, did the writing assignments, all that sort of stuff. And I'll never forget the day I, I was all at home by myself in, the, uh, uh, in my kitchen, and the phone rings. And, of course, I don't have cell phones, so you can't see who it is. Like, this is back in the day, pre-cell phone, you just, all right. And it's the, my advisor, my college advisor, and it's the guy from Columbia College. And he said, Mike, I got some good news for you. I said, what? He goes, you won the scholarship. I'm like, oh, okay, I won the scholarship? Yeah. Like, I won a scholarship? Okay. And I'm still thinking, like, okay, well, $5,000, you know, on a $30,000 per year scholarship, great, you know, but I still can't go. And he said, no, you won, you won the presidential scholarship, like, everything. I'm like, what? what? He's like, he said, it's all paid for room and board tuition all four years it's all paid for and I'm just like what what I had I was like this this can't be happening and so I didn't have anyone to celebrate with because we didn't have cell phones or anything like that we didn't have social media I'm just there by my house I'm like it's all paid for oh my gosh what a blessing I want, to, I want to talk tonight, I want to give you a, a, a sermon title tonight called It's Paid For. It's paid for because more than a college scholarship, we have, we have a debt in our lives called sin that a lot of us wrestle with, maybe more than what we give it credit for. And I want to tell you tonight, I want to give you some hope tonight and let you know that it's, it's paid for. Now, I deserve to pay. If you would have seen what I did to the college dorm rooms, how I behaved, I was not very Christian-like, like, I deserved to pay and have that scholarship removed. That's another story for another time. I'm not going to share it all on, on stage, but I'm just going to tell you, I deserved uh, to pay for it. I had this, uh, in a sense, a massive debt that should have been paid, but it was paid for. A lot of us in life, maybe it was an event, maybe there was a season in your life Maybe there's something that you think of, like uh, there's that regret, that one night or that one person, or there's that just place of shame and it drags you down. And I want to give you some hope tonight to say it's paid for. It's paid for. You don't have to hold on to that anymore. You can actually let go and and be free from that. The enemy who would want you to drag you down tonight and and condemn you, I want you to know that it's, it's paid for. For a lot of us, even though we know that in our head, we still struggle that, like, at best, Mike, I'm a second-class citizen in heaven. Like, I know we're talking about giving out hope and having purpose and meaning, and God wants to do great things, but if I were to sit down with you and say, well, why aren't you taking that next step? There's some sort of fear or condemnation to say, I'm just I'm second best, and I want to tell you, it's paid for. In fact, can we just say that uh, all together? You can say online, but on the count of three, just say, it's paid for real loud, all right? One, two, three, it's paid, paid for. for. That's what I want you to know, it's paid for. Whatever that thing is, it's time to release it. In Jesus, it's paid for. I want to look tonight at one messy story. One messy story, it's in Genesis chapter 9, you can, you can turn there. You probably have heard of a guy named Noah. Noah, and this is a story that you may not have heard before Um, if you're thinking about Noah. Now, Noah is the guy that we know. He's the guy that built the ark, and God shows up on the scene, and he's like, hey, I got some good news, and I got some bad news, Noah. Bad news is I'm wiping out everybody. Good news, Noah, I'm saving you and, and your family. All right. And so that's another story for another time. Why would God want to do that? That's a valid question. Is God some sort of moral monster? Um, why, you know, this sort of thing. I think if we really knew who God was and we understood how much God loves us, how much he wants a relationship with us. But this God is also a just God. If we, if we really got it, then we would get it. But I understand the question. And I'm not going to answer that tonight. It's, an, it's another question for another time. So Noah says, what do I got to do, all right? What, what, what's next? He's like, you got to build a boat. Noah's like, what's a boat? Because they, he didn't know what a boat was. They, if you read in there, they hadn't rained. And so Noah's got to build this boat, builds the boat. Then the floods came. And, he, and the, it says, you know, for 40 days, 40 nights, they, the, the floods came, flooded the earth. But if you read in there, they were on the boat for a year because they had to wait for the flood waters to to go back down. So he's on a boat for a year with his family, right? Just just put yourself in that situation. I mean, you're freaking out being in quarantine in your house for a year with your family. He's on a boat. Like, Noah, where are you going? I don't care, anywhere. I'm just going to get out of the house anywhere I can go. So it says... I want to pick it up in verse 20. After the flood, after the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. Okay, so he goes and he cultivates the vineyard. I, I kind of like this because I, I kind of just, he's like, I got to get away from the family. Like, I just go go plant a field, all right? I'm going to go plant a vineyard. I'm going to go work. Where's Noah? He's out in the garden, all right? He's just getting away from everybody. He needs his space. Anybody in here need some space? Come on, come on. We can be honest. All right, all right, all right. So he's out there and he's planting this vineyard. And it says in verse 21, it says, one day he drank some wine he had made and became drunk and he laid naked inside his tent. Now, this one you probably won't see in the kid's coloring book on Sunday school. We don't hear this part of the story, all right? Noah is drunk and naked, All right. You can you might have thought about some of your regrets and you're like, that was my spring break way back in college. uh, Describes it drunk and naked. Like, can we agree that this was not his finest moment? Some of you are like, that was my last weekend. Um, It's not his most finest moment. And it also gets a little bit worse here. All right. And I'm sorry. Let me just pause. But as I says, if you're, the more churched you are, you kind of disturbed. You're like, "What is this? Where are we going? Why are we talking about this?" All right, it's messy. It's disturbing. It's in the Bible. So you can get mad at me, but it's in the Bible. All right, I'm just reading at you what's in the Bible, and this is what Noah's doing. It's not his finest moment. And then it says in verse 22, it says, "Ham, the father of Canaan, which is his son." Pause. Time out. Do not name your kids Ham, all right? I don't understand why you would name your kids Ham. If you're pregnant, having a child, Ham, just leave it off the list. Um, It says, Ham saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth, I can't pronounce these names, took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. And as they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. Then when Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. He cursed Canaan, which is Ham's son, and, and, and may Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, may the Lord of God of Shem be blessed and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth, and Japheth share the prosperity of Sham, and may Canaan be his servant. Now, I read all that um, to say what, what happened in this, I don't necessarily really know. Scholars would say, well, this was what's going on, or here's what happened in this scene, like it's kind of weird. Um, here's what I can tell you. Noah woke up, and he was mad. Like, he was really, really upset. And he, and he was not happy, obviously, with what Ham had done. So now not only was he drunk and naked, now he's angry. All right? That's a bad combination. Um, and, and here's how it ends. This is the last that we get of Noah. All right? We know the Noah, the ark story. We don't know this weird story. And I, I trust me, it has a point here. Noah lives another 350 years after the great flood. And he lived 950 years and then he died. So this is the end of the story about Noah. Like the end of the movie is this drunk, naked, and angry Noah to which we would all say this is not his finest moment. Noah's trying to get hired on a staff at a church church. Uh, no, I think we're going to have to work on that a little bit. Like, I just, I don't quite see it. Yet this guy's a hero in the faith. He's a hero in the faith. This is the last thing that we get. And then he lived 350 years and died. Who in here uses Instagram filters or filters when you're on social media? You can be honest. When you post something online, um, do you use filters or not? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, okay. I do. I do all the time. I, I, use, I use filters all the time. Some of you guys, what's a filter? That's okay. I'll explain it another time. It's Yeah, you take a picture, you make little adjustments, and then you, the wrinkles kind of go away. Your face is a little bit brighter. We put on filters, and we like it, and we, we look good. I think for a lot of church people, you may not know what a, church, what a filter is, but in the church world, we put on filters all the time. We've been putting on filters for years. Why? Because we don't like the messy parts. We don't want to show the, the drunk, angry, naked, whatever regret part. We don't want those things to show. Yet here it is very clearly in the Bible. What I love about the Bible ...is that it has no filters. It lets you know, here it is. The good, the bad, the ugly. David, a man after God's own heart that it's described. One of the top kings that we would know. David, David and Goliath. But it's very clear about David and his adultery and his murder... ...and all the turmoil that it brought in his life. Moses... Moses, the great Moses that led, that led the Israelites out of Egypt. Also, murderer. Abraham. Abraham. The, the one when you read in Genesis is like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like everything, Abraham, you're the one, the man of faith. Through you, God's going to bless all nations. And that includes us as well. Abraham, the man of faith went to Canaan, God just said, hey, go to a place and I'll, I, I'll, that I'll show you. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll follow you. I don't even know where we're going. We'll just take my next step. The answer is yes. But then a famine hits the land. And instead of staying where God told him to go, he started scheming. If you read the story of Abraham, I'm not gonna go there. He goes down to Egypt and he starts to get scared. He says, hey, Sarah, his wife, you're beautiful. They're gonna see you. And they're going to know that we're married, and they're going to kill. They're going to kill us. We're dead. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to make a little business proposition, Sarah. We're going to make a little business proposition. We're going to say we're brother and sister, and you're going to go be with the Pharaoh. Now, that's the nice way of saying that he prostituted her out. His wife, this man of faith, right, this great man of faith, That's how you're treating your wife? Sarah, that that whole situation clears up and they they know they have this promise of God in their life that through Abraham and through Sarah, they didn't have any kids, they're of old age, but he said, you're going to have more more kids, more grandchildren than you can count in the stars, like the generations are just going to flow through you. Sarah says, I don't know how that's going to happen. So, Abraham, why did you go s- sleep with Hagar, our servant? Because maybe it's through her. And Abraham's like, oh, okay. And then, and then that whole thing just plays out a mess. I love that the Bible does not have any filters, it's there. The only hero. The only hero in the Bible is Jesus. There is no man. There's no one that is is perfect. So you don't have to, even though it's paid for, you don't have to hide and filter everything. In fact, it's more beautiful when you're able to just share, this is who I am. And this is the mess that's in my life. It's actually kind of freeing when you don't have to hide all those things. All right, I got one more question for you online. This is for the online uh, crowd. What is the most, not what, 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 where, where is the most expensive date that you've ever been on? Where? Now, ladies, the, well, you might be thinking, oh, I'm not really worried about the money. Like, I don't know where the, 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 the most expensive place that I've been because it was just such a, a nice time. I, well, I'll just say about me. I know where it was because I was thinking this is a great time, but I'm also like, oh, my gosh, when I saw that bill, like this just set, set a record, all right? So I have right here, this isn't the most expensive. first. Actually, well, I would say first date for Rita and I was uh, Dreamcatcher Movie Theater down in Española. She would say our first date was Quiznos for lunch uh, here in town, which Quiznos no longer exists. But then I asked her out, and we went to go watch School of Rock, Jack Black, we laughed our, our heads off watching this movie. Uh, $7 a ticket, um, so not the most expensive. It gradually got more expensive just as time went on. Um, has anyone ever watched the movie Sleepless in Seattle? Show a hands, show a hands, show of hands, okay. Sleepless in Seattle, um, it's one of, our, one of uh, our, our favorites. In that scene, they are having, or in that movie, there's a scene where they're having dinner on the 65th floor of, of Rockefeller Center and you can in new york city and so you are having dinner it's an actual real restaurant called the rainbow room and and you can have a reservation and in that movie they you can see the empire state building across the scene and and she sees it and then she ends up falling in love with tom hanks and all that sort of stuff anyway um we went and you can see a picture of it right there where we had we had dinner there that night on the 65th floor it was amazing it also set a record uh, for the most expensive date that we've ever been on. Guys, there'll be like, a, it was $157.73, and there was tax, like we know it, to the penny. I say all that, I say all that, um, because I want to, have you ever been on, oh, I'm trying to see, a honeymoon, okay, a French restaurant in Santa Fe, a date in Venice, Italy, Red Lobster, all right, red, hey, hey, that's a that's a lot of food at Red Lobster, I like that a Brazil Wendy's Seth come on man come on we're gonna work on that staff meeting this week Um, (laughs) we're gonna upgrade to Sonic Um, have you ever been on let's say like a double date where it's kind of a little bit weird where they put the bill down and you don't know what's going to happen like oh, is someone going to pay for it? Are we going to go Dutch? Or to the person across from you, like all of a sudden they get like T-Rex arms and they're just like, eh, I can't quite make it there, you know? And then you get the bill and you're like, oh my God, whoa. I remember Rita and I several times uh, where people have just blessed us. We've gone to some fancy meals and we are thinking, okay, we're going to go Dutch and just pay for this together. And they're like, no, I got it and they just, they just pay for it, like the receipt. You're looking at it, you're like, oh my gosh, how is that going to, and they're just like, I got it. Have you ever had somebody that just pays, pays for your meal at a restaurant, you're just like, oh my gosh, thank you, that is just so nice. Some of us, like, we fight, but eventually we go, and we're like, just thank you for doing that. What I've never seen in the times when I've paid for somebody else, or when somebody has paid for us, I've never seen anyone, after the meal is paid for, take the receipt, go back to the cashier and say, you know what? I need to pay for this again. Something that was already paid for. Oh, no, no, no. I know it's already paid for, but I didn't pay for it. So let me pay you again because I need to pay for my meal. I know it's already paid for. I know they took care of it, but I'm going to pay it again that would be foolish and silly and I've never seen anyone do that but we will do this in life I know the mess is paid for I don't I mean really I mean that that night that thing I mean it keeps coming up is it is it really paid for cuz I don't think it is and so we'll still work and we'll earn it And we'll do this stuff all the time. And we are chained to whatever's on the receipt, whatever's on the bill. That's what I'm going after tonight. What's on your bill that's paid for, that you're trying to pay for a second time? Because tonight I want to let you know it's paid for. See, in in Hebrews, we talked about Noah and Abraham and all these giants of the faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, New Testament now. We get a summary view of these guys. Drunk, naked, angry Noah. Let's see what it says about them in this Hebrews this kind of faith hall of fame. Starting in verse 7. It says, "Was by faith, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By faith Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, if my professor in Columbia College is teaching this, am I like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. Uh, what about drunk, naked, cussing, angry Noah? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, it just says he's there by faith, but that's kind of the story ended. What about that? you would be like, Oh, yeah, that's on the bill, but it's, it's paid for. It, it's, it, we took it out. It's already paid for. It, it, it's not in there. Okay, well, let's go on. Let's go on. Next verse, verse 8. It says, By faith that Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave home and go to another land, that's Canaan, that God would give him, so it was by inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. Did he? If you read the story, did he? Or did he go down to Egypt and try to sell his wife to Pharaoh? Excuse me, professor. What what about that part of the story? This great man of faith who tried to sell his wife to Pharaoh. Oh, yeah, that's on the bill too. And it's all paid for. Okay, okay, well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. It was by faith, in verse 11, it says that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. Okay. <laughs> no, uh uh-uh. uh. Did she believe or did she try to say, hey, go sleep with Hagar, our servant, and try to make it work that way? Like, come on, come on. Oh, yeah, that happened there, too. That's a big, that's a big bill. It's, that was a lot of money, but it's paid for. See, old, old and new. Old and new. In Christ, in Jesus, it's paid for. The old is gone. He didn't just fix you. It's gone. Paid for. You're like, no, but is it on there? And he would say, yes, it's on the bill. I see it right there, and it is paid for. Put it in whatever you think that is. This is hope. This is a starting place of hope. In fact, that's what Hebrews chapter 11, when it goes through all these giants of the faith, this is how it starts. It says, faith shows the reality, say this with me, shows the reality of what we hope for. It's what we hope. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. If we're going to move forward in our purpose, it starts with hope. That foundation of hope is in Jesus Christ, that faith is in Him, and that's where our hope goes. It's, I'm sorry, like I'm excited about the stimulus check. But if your hope is in that realm of finances, if your hope is in the realm of let's get honest, you're like political powers, I just my hope is in the government and that they can just take care you're in the wrong place and you will be frustrated. You will be angry. You will be drunk at some time. I almost guarantee you cuz your hope is not solid. In Christ What defeated you in your past does not define you in your future because it's paid for. It's paid for. Jesus rose from the dead. He died on a cross and rose from the dead. And that gives me hope that no matter what I'm facing in my life, no matter what you're facing in your life, you can rise up as well. There is no mess that is too big for God to say, you know what, I paid it, I gotta take it care of. I want a church, and I want church people to know that there's always, always, always hope. Always hope. I'm gonna give you three words as we close out tonight. One is judgment. Judgment. We serve a God who judges. Judgment is simply You get what you deserve. Online, and who's ever gotten a a speeding ticket? You can just raise your hand. You don't have to say, okay, okay. Most of us in the room, all right, online. I want to know what's the most expensive one. What's the most expensive uh, speeding ticket that you ever got? Uh, And we'll see who's got the highest one. Um, For me, it was Cuesta, New Mexico. I've never been back since. I was driving through there and I just happened to be leaving town and I thought I was good to like just, I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere and just start going. I happened to be on a school zone and I didn't know it even though it was like near the end of town and there's a policeman right there and he just nailed me. And then I'm like doing the whole thing of like, you know, I'm new here, I'm from out of town. I think I said the code word, I'm from Los Alamos, which just like, oh, that's it. He is for sure getting a ticket. All right. I didn't know that at the time. All right. It was a big one. It was a big one. I got what I deserved. Now, in, in, in spiritual world, it's called sin. Every single one of us have sin in our lives. All right? If you're going to be here and you want to argue that, give me the phone number to your mama, and I'll call her, and she'll for sure tell me where you've messed up. But you know that. We, 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 have, we can't even hit our own standards, and we miss God's standards you're like well i'm like i don't like judgment i don't want a god who judges i don't like judgmental people actually you kind of do look at our world right now what is it screaming for justice and whether you agree on what they're wanting everybody's wanting justice i've never met a person who says you know what this world is perfect no, everybody's like, there's something. Those whales need to be saved. The education system, like, there's something that's wrong. We need a fixer. If someone were to hurt your kids, well, we can't judge. You know, it's just, no, you're like, no, someone, someone's going to pay for that. Like, we need, something's got to happen. We serve a God who has judgment, you get what you deserve, but then we also serve a God that's merciful. Mercy. What's mercy? You don't get what you deserve. You go to court, the judge looks at you. Were you going 52 into 30? Yeah. Bang is the gavel. It's a race. No, no fine, no penalty. Mercy. I deserve the ticket, which I got, by the way. But in this hypothetical situation of mercy, mercy, you don't get what you deserve. Prodigal son, the story in, in, in Luke, the prodigal son, he leaves his father. And Jesus is telling this story. He's like, give me my inheritance. I want my stuff. I'm going to do things my way. And he goes and he squanders it all. And then he's starving and he's like, you know what? I think I need, I, I got to go back home. Even being a slave, a servant in my father's household would be better than the despair that I'm in right now. Old Testament, old. He would have deserved punishment, maybe even being stoned to death by the way he was living his life. But he goes back home. He goes back home and he receives mercy. He did not get what he deserved. He deserved. We don't have to pay, you don't have to pay for what you know you've done wrong in Christ. Fourth or third, grace, grace. You get, you get what you don't deserve. Were you going 52 and a 30? Yeah, yeah. I deserve, I deserve to pay. Judge bangs the gavel, you don't have to pay mercy and when you leave here go out those doors we got a giant party for you on the other side we're going to celebrate we want to celebrate you you're like what are you kidding? are you kidding like no we got a giant party just for you prodigal son receives mercy and then he says you know what put on the robe put on the ring put on the sandals, and we're throwing a giant party. Jesus, he doesn't condemn you. He's not looking to, when you have a relationship with him, Jesus wants to celebrate you, amen? Amen. Jesus wants to celebrate. He's not there condemning you. We are trying to fit a bill that he's already paid. He says, I paid it, let's celebrate. I paid it, let's celebrate. You don't have to be down in despair anymore. It's paid for, it's good, let's go party. I got a party for you. I got a plan and a purpose for you. Why do you think you're such a, like a second-class citizen? That's not coming from me. Old condemnation, new in Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's paid for. Not because of how good you are. Not because of how great the church is or anything that you've done. It's all based on Jesus and how great he is. It's paid for. He wants an abundant life for you. It's paid for. Can we just, it's paid for. Be free. Whatever's holding you back, be free. You don't have to hold on to it anymore. Be free. Hope. Hope in the things that we don't, we can't see it, but there it is. And I'm trusting in Jesus and banking on him. This is why we started Freedom Church. Why did we do this? I didn't want to do it. I I didn't have the feeling I don't want to do this. What's the drive? Why are we here? Why are you here tonight? Catch a little vision. I want a church that welcomes everybody, no matter what you've done, because I want them to know. I'm going to keep holding up their receipt. I want them to know it's paid for. Whatever it is, you are welcome here. Churches are not known in this world for being that welcoming place to let people know it's paid for. In fact, we can say, you got to get cleaned up or you got to change before you're welcome here. I'm going to let God do that work. God will work on you and he will show you things that need to change. But for us in this place, we're going to let them know about the love of Jesus. And it's only in him, only in him. I can't earn it or do it. And that's why we started this church to go and be a light into this community. To go and tell people that the bill's already been paid. You just got to accept it and say thanks. And then walk into a relationship with him. You start there. You start there. <laughs> and that's where freedom starts. Hope for the messy people. Hope for the messy people. I'm one of the most messed up ones. Proverbs 24, 16 says the godly trips seven times or they may trip seven times. If you trip seven times, I'm gonna get my phone out after about the third time and start filming you. Seven times, think about that. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. If you're wondering, hey, what's my purpose? How do I know? Can I really have a purpose in my life? I just wanna challenge you. Just get back up again. You lose if you stay down. You win if you get back up. I want you to get back up. I want to know what, that, I, what is that for you? What is getting back up and taking one next step for you tonight? And for each one of us, that's going to be different. And I'm going to ask that God would just point that out in your life right now. What is your next step? Maybe it's commenting hope. And be like, you know what? I'm going to just do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the 21 days. I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to be stretched. I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it. Maybe it's baptism. You know, one thing that we haven't had in the past year is a baptism. And that's not, I can't make those things happen, but if that's you and your next step, say, I need to get baptized. What's baptism? It doesn't earn you anything. It just says, I'm on Team Jesus. I'm on Team Jesus. You're already saved. I'm on Team Jesus. It's already paid for. I don't have to just. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. What is your next step? Maybe it's getting in a connect group. Maybe it's like, you know what? I'm going to come back next week. I came for the first time tonight. I'm going to come back again next week. Whatever your next step is, that's what I want. Get back up and take one more step of faith. That's our mission, taking our next step in our relationship with Jesus together. And when you do that, when you do that, my story, our story, Your story, it becomes his story. History. History in the making. His story in the making. Just by simply taking that next step of faith. Noah did it. Abraham did it. Were they messy? Oh, yeah. Read anybody in scripture. Were they messy? Yeah. Did they have reason not to have hope? Yeah, plenty. It's all written in there. No filters. Great men and women of faith just took their next step. That's what I want for you. And even with that little tiny step and that little seed of faith, it's more than enough for God to change the world. He did it once in the first century, and I believe he can do it again. I really do. I really do. Let's stand and let's pray together. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired